It's timely. It's insightful. It's motivating. It's empowering. It's time with Fred, your inspirational broadcast with host Fred Gaddy. Hello, and thanks for tuning in to another edition of Time with Fred podcast. This is a podcast that challenges paradigms and mindsets that hold us back. I have with me today Mr. Ron Story, who joins us from Colombia. So I'm going to have him come and introduce himself and tell you all the many hats that he wears, and then we'll dive into the podcast today. So you're in for a treat. Don't go anywhere. Ron, thank you for coming on the podcast today. Hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate you inviting me to have, have a little bit of time with Fred. Certainly, absolutely. Pleasure is all my Ron. Let's 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 talk about you a little bit. You were obviously many hats, and I couldn't obviously do justice to all the things that you do. So let me ask, who's Ron's story? Ron's story is a kid from East St. Louis, uh, the son of two educators who uh, walked the narrow line to escape, you know, one of the most dangerous cities in America, which is St. Louis, um, St. Louis, Missouri to turn that into an opportunity to see the world, uh, be a great dad, and, you know, try to help people avoid some of the mistakes that I made growing up. Mm. I love that. Uh, yeah, I was listening to um, my mentor, John Maxwell, this afternoon, and he was talking about experience and how he said ex- experience is not is, is not the best teacher, right? But evaluated experience as a best teacher. When you go through those life experiences and, and you learn from them, right? The lessons that you learn is really what um, makes your best teacher. And, and one doesn't really have to experience some of those challenges. You can learn from other people's experiences as well. So hopefully there, there's a lot of uh, wisdom here and some nuggets that I'm sure our listeners are going to be able to glean from. But uh, how did you end up in uh, in Colombia? So one of my fraternity brothers, he is a principal at the second largest school in the country. So a few years ago, before he was the principal, he was a teacher and he was like, yo, man, you know, come down and visit. I came down to visit, fell in love with the place. It's 75 degrees every day, all year round. I like to play golf. So that was perfect for me. Nice. I brought my golf clubs and then I just never went home. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. You see, we're talking about this before the, the taping started, but you see people going in the opposite direction, right? People wanting to come uh, to the U.S. from all these other places. But then, you know, there are those others who, you know, experience other cultures as well from the U.S. and and, and want to make that home as well. So how long have you been uh, living in Colombia? So my, I first arrived October the 30th of 2016. So, yeah, I've been here for a little bit um, in between um, two major cities. One is Cali, Colombia, and um, I lived there up until right around 2019. And then right before the pan- the pandemic or whatever, um, I moved to Medellin, and I've been here ever since. Wow. Rob, you've, you've had a... Uh, uh... Quite a significant and enriching journey, right? From you know growing up and you know collecting and recycling aluminum cans and 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 all that stuff to where you are today. And uh, and I want us to be, to talk today about you know the the mindset required to uh, build the life of your dreams. Let's go back to uh, childhood, and I'm not sure how much how far back you want to you want to take us, but you know along that journey, you know from childhood when you when you started as a as a Kid entrepreneur, right, and, and and doing what you're yeah. doing up until now. Uh, take us back a little bit. Talk about you know that journey, some of the lessons that that you learned, and challenges, and how how you overcame those. Yeah, well, I mean, when I was a kid, and you know, I was born in '78, so in '84, '85, entrepreneur wasn't a word I even knew, mm-hmm. 
right? Um, collecting cans was something that my mom suggested because my uncles used to drink a lot of beer. Hmm. And they would have all of these Stag beer cans. If you're from St. Louis, there's a lo- local company called Stag Beer. They would have all these Stag cans. And my mom was like, you should stomp on those cans, put them in a bag. And every month we'll we'll put them in the car and we'll take them to the recycling place. Hmm. And that's how I was able to buy my N- Nintendo games, the baseball glove I wanted. You know, all those things came from me getting 20 to 30 bucks, you know, from lugging a big bag of cans into the recycling place and have the guy tell me, you know, put it on the scale and tell me how much it weighed. Um, but that same persistence and determination to get what I want, it just grew as I, it just grew into bigger things, right? They say the difference between men and boys is the is the cost of their toys, Yeah. right? So, you know, um, naturally that empowered me because it didn't make sense as I got older that, wait, I could... I could make money on my own recycling cans or selling Christmas wreaths door to door at any age. But in order for me to work at McDonald's, I got to be 16. This is stupid. Why do they have a rule that I have to be a certain age to get a job, but I can be an entrepreneur or do my own little hustle cut grass or whatever at any age? So that always stuck with me that there was a bit of control if I could manage the risk on the other side and not injure somebody or not injure myself in the process. I love that. What what life lessons um, would you say that 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 experience taught you? I mean, obviously you're doing that. I'm sure your friends were, you know, probably at home doing all sorts of things and, and you were out there um, hustling, so to speak. But there were some very valuable lessons that I'm sure you're learning, which I'm sure have contributed to or have shaped your life somehow, right? Uh, what would you say some of those lessons are? Well, I, I think that... Um, the biggest lesson is the opportunity. Take advantage of the opportunities that are presented in front of you, mm. right? Because and life is kind of like that. My mom presented stomping cans, right? But some of my friends, their big brothers presented selling weed or selling mm. drugs or you know things of that sort. So some of them took advantage of those opportunities, and they ended up in prison. They ended up mm. getting killed you know, different things. But because my mom presented an opportunity a little bit earlier when I was six and I had already made some money, I really wasn't that enticed because there's no six-year-old drug dealers, right? But so I really wasn't that enticed with how to make money at 10 or 11 with someone telling me I should be selling weed or or making little drop-offs to people because I was already, I already knew I can, I ain't got to do that. I can just keep doing my kid thing. And I got my whole block on lock with cans. Mm. <laughs> like I could just go and just get these Coca-Cola cans and do those or those beer cans. So I think the opportunities that are presented in front of us, um, whether we know it or not, can sometimes determine our mm. our futures, mm. right? And I was just fortunate enough that my mom presented an opportunity that when I did my comparison, it wasn't worth selling drugs. It was like, it wasn't worth stealing, but I could just wait a week and collect more cans, and we could drag those stinky garbage bags full of cans to the to the recycling place. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And Ron, you're you're. Let's talk about some of those mindsets. I mean, you're you're the mindset required to build the, the life of your dream. And I'm, I'm sure it's not just one roadmap, but several. Like, let's try to unpack that a little bit. What do you say that mindset or mindsets are 
um, plural, if, if there if there's more than one in your opinion for you? Well, I, I think the first thing that a person would have to do is to borrow other people's experiences, hmm. right? So if I've never, if I've heard of Disney World and I've never seen it, I need to look at the pictures that someone who's been to Disney World has taken so I can dream about it. Because if I just told you, dream of Medellin, you have no idea of what it looks like or anything like that. But the minute that I show you a picture of the val the valley in the middle of the Andes Mountains, and you see the train running through the middle and the, the river, it looks like Wakanda in a lot of ways. If you look at the the um the uh Black Panther movie, mm-hmm. you know, it's like it's in a valley, it has a bunch of buildings in the middle, it's kind of like that. Well, if that's the case. Once I see that, now I can imagine myself there, right? So in anything, it comes with being able to imagine that it's even possible, whether it's traveling to another place, um, accomplishing a business goal, going to college. Like to me, I never imagined, it was never in my mind that I was not going to college, right? My mom and dad both worked in the school district. My dad was a teacher. My mom was an administrator. College was just what you did. Right now, I had two sisters that were older than me. They both went to college. I remember doing the college visits. So you sometimes you have to borrow other people's experiences in order to expand your own dreams. Right. So um that's the biggest lesson that I that I still hold on to as a kid is watching other people and saying, Yeah, I could do that. And saying, Hey, why why can't it be me? You know, so yeah, that was the first thing was borrowing other people's experiences, whether it's, um, I'll give you an example. Here in Colombia, the average income isn't as high as it is in the United States, right? So when you talk to people, when I talk with people about living in the United States, they can't imagine paying for things the way that we pay for them. When you tell them that, you know, rent in a normal city for a two-bedroom apartment is $1,500. And if you're in New York City, it's Mm $5,000. They're like, what am I supposed to get $5,000 from? They never thought they would ever need Mm $5,000. Right? So, but by now, once I tell them, yeah, this is what it costs. If you want to go live in Nueva York, you're going to need like five grand a month Mm -hmm. just to pay rent. Mm -hmm. That doesn't include food or anything. Now, they have to think bigger. Mm-hmm. instantly just because I presented it to them. I've given them what the standard is. Now they have to raise their expectation or their output in order to meet it if that's where they want to go. Yeah. Right? So it's the same thing. It's the same exact thing. They they get to borrow my experience to paint the little de- details and nuance of that dream. I, I love that so much, Ron. Uh, John Maxwell calls us the law of the lid and um his book, The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. And the way he explains it is if 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 this is the lid right here, say the lid is set at three and your leadership is at two, uh, that lid, because it's at a three, there's no way you're going to be able to rise above that if you're if you have that lid. So in order for you to be able to expand your influence, that that lid or whatever that cap is has to go higher. And I think that makes so much sense. Because oftentimes you know, we see something and, you know, we could talk about the law of attraction or the power of visualization. This applies to so many things, but there is this, I call them, you know, that those mental barriers. And I feel like one of the reasons, Ron, that a lot of people get stuck 
it is because of the limits or the lit or, or whatever it is and, and how they're set, right? If someone comes from a family where the highest education is, 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 is high school and there's really no challenge or no motivation, unlike you who you came from a family of educators, right? College is what you did, but then, and so that, that becomes your lid, that becomes the bar, right? So there's really no excuse. It's your normal thing. But for someone who doesn't come from that background, if high school is the lid, of course, there are people who surpass that who still go to college, but I'm thinking I'm using, thinking I'm using that example, um, as, as, uh, to describe what we're talking about here. Uh, how then does one, raise that lid, so to speak, right? The person who can't imagine $5,000 being the normal cost of rent in New York, right? And in their mind, gosh, there's no way I'm going to be able to make that money. H how then does that borrowing from one's experience help shape or reshape or redefine that paradigm for, for that person? So the best example I could probably give you is um, an example that I like to talk about, which deals with the speedometer on a car. Hmm. Right. So let's interact with each other a bit on on your car. What's the maximum speed on the speedometer? I think, I think maybe 240 or something. Um, yeah. So 240 kilometers, yeah. which is maybe 120 miles per hour in the States. Right now. can Do you believe that your car could probably hit that governor at 120? It probably can. Oh, absolutely. Right? If I took it, but to, it probably. Yeah. Yeah. You can't drive it forever at 120, right. though. Right. That's so, the potential. Yeah, that's the potential. So you can hit it once, but you can drive it for three weeks like that. Right. But in order for it to drive comfortably and smooth at the speed limit of 65, it needed to have the potential to go 120. Mm -hmm. Right. So a lot of times people will say, my goal is to make a million dollars. Now, they will set their plan to where if they do everything perfectly, they will get to a million dollars. I say this with business owners all the time. Now, what's the chance of a business owner doing everything perfectly? Zero. Okay. So what I always tell people is, hey, if this is your sales goal, why don't you set it for three times that? Mm. Right? Because if you if the system that you're using now has to be perfect to get there and you're not perfect, why don't you build a system where if, if you're 50% right, you'll still hit the million dollars, right? And they say, well, I never thought about that. Well, yeah, it's the same thing we do in our car. Our car goes 120 miles per hour, potentially, if everything is perfect, under perfect conditions. But under average, with a bit of flaws and stop and go traffic, yo, it's, we're going to be 65, man, right? So- why don't we build bigger systems? So mm -hmm. now how does that translate into what we're talking about? Well, a lot of times the dreams that other people have, they're not our dreams, but they can point us in the direction. So you'll hear someone say, man, I want to travel the world. That person say, man, dude, you want to go to 90 countries? I just want to get my passport. I just want to go to the Bahamas. Oh, the governor was 90 countries. But I set my own limit at the Bahamas. That was enough. You showing me how to get my passport because you had been to 90 countries allowed me to dream and go wherever I wanted to go. So just because someone else has set this grand vision, it doesn't mean that it has to be exactly yours, right? But it is important that they show you that there's more than what you've been seeing and what you've been believing. 
Does that make sense? Yes, it does. It does. Ron, I like that so much. Wouldn't that also be true? Wouldn't the opposite of that also be true, right? So you're, you're trying to set your goal, you're trying to accomplish certain things, and someone tells you, oh, gosh, this has never been done before. What are you crazy? Are you out of your mind? I mean, you, you've you, you've barely gotten out of your state to visit uh, New York, and, and you want to go, you want to travel the world, right? And, and people bind to that because someone tells you it's impossible, right? So how not that also um, uh, something we need to watch out for? Well, I mean, I think here's here's the one thing, right? I can tell you something that's guaranteed. Both of us have two eyes. Both of us have 10 fingers. Some people may have a, another one, but most people on average have 10 fingers, 10 toes, one heart, one stomach, two lungs. You know, we're the same people. We got the same 24 hours in the day, regardless of our backgrounds and our histories, right? If they've done it, it's proof that somebody just like me could do it. Right. So when the naysayer says, well, man, you, you barely did that. Who cares? There's billionaires like if Elon Musk is probably the most inspirational person to me. But because when I and this is the reason why, because when I'm thinking that I'm thinking too big, I just remind myself that he's trying to live on Mars. Right. He's trying to live on Mars. I ain't trying to live on Mars, so I'm not thinking too big. And everything that I'm attract that I'm trying to do with my family and with, you know, in my little, you know, the 40 years I may have left on this earth, somebody's already done them. Mm. Right. So all I need to do is to figure out how they got there and then just copy it. Yeah. Right. Put my own little flair on it because it's mine and I'm going to do it a little bit different, but I'm going to stick to the stick to the recipe of the goal. Yeah. Right. So I think that, as you said, some people can push you down. But you always have to keep in your mind, if somebody else has already done it, that person is just a knucklehead, right? That person, they don't have any evidence that it can be done. And they don't have to lend me theirs. I'm not, I wasn't telling them my dream to borrow evidence from them, right? I was just telling them because they asked, <laughs> right? I really wasn't asking them for advice. I was just kind of sharing. I didn't ask for their feedback, right? So you just have to learn to tune those people out. You know, and and I've I've lived that, and my mom hates when I tell this story, but up until probably two months ago, if you asked my mom what I did for a living, she didn't know. And the reason being is that being an entrepreneur, I was the first entrepreneur in my family. That wasn't a normal thing. You went to college, you got a good job, yeah. you stayed at that job forever, right? My sisters have been at the same job from day one. My mom retired from the same school. My dad, the same school district, right? So for me to say, no, I'm not going to do it that way, I had to deal with a lot of feedback. So I said, okay, cool. I can't be disrespectful to my mom, right? But I could just not talk to her about these things. Oh, so how are things going at work? Things are going well. Because if I say, oh, it's kind of tough right now, now I got to listen to her feedback. Yeah. And yeah. say, oh, that's why you should have just kept that job or you would have been. And I'm like, I don't need that in my life. Right. So having selective answers, I always, I always call it answering like a politician yeah. can be very valuable. Right. Politicians, they get a question and they answer the question they want to answer. They don't and, even. Yeah. Like the pivot. Yeah. 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 That is such a that is such a great example, though. Right. I mean, it's it's. You know, having that, and I feel like sometimes, Ron, that the someone said it nicely when they said that your greatest enemy is your comfort zone, right? Because your comfort zone is where life's life's great 
life's rosy. There is no resistance. There's no opposition. Everything is consistent. You get a paycheck month after month after month. Job security. Well, until 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 that is until they fire you or something, right? But the greatest enemy is your is your comfort zone because a lot of people just can't seem to to rock that boat, right? They can't seem to step out of that boat and do anything else, right? Because of all the uncertainties, because of all the layoffs, and so they'd much rather stay where they are. For, for 20, 30, 40 years, right? And I so, think that's exactly where, where we're coming from, right? Well, I would add a little bit to that. Yeah. I agree with that, but not 100%. And I'll tell you why. The greatest enemy to ambition is a comfort zone. Mm. Everybody doesn't have to be as ambitious as you and I. Again, they set their own dreams. So if they've already accomplished it, they shouldn't be in their comfort zone. When my mom got to 65 and she retired, I don't expect her to be ambitious now at 75. She's, she should be in a comfort zone. She should just be relaxing, right? So if your dream has already been met, mm. you have the right to be comfortable because that's your dream. Mm. But if you're trying to be ambitious and overly ambitious for all of your life, comfortability isn't the way to go, right? So you need that stress of growth and expansion in order to continue to grow, right? But if, you, if your goal is just to, be a, a great, you know, so in America and the world, success is, me, is usually measured by monetary gains, right? So I always use Oprah as an example. I think Oprah was one of the best talk show interviewers ever, right? One of the greatest at what she did at interviewing people. Is she the most financially successful person on earth? No, she's not. She's okay, but compared to, Bill Gates and these other guys, she's the most successful. She's really successful, right? But not the most. She's probably the best female interviewer ever, though. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? But how is she as a mom? She ain't got no kids. Mm -hmm. So where are we measuring success? Yeah. Success yeah. is in a lot of different things. How is she as a, as a daughter? What if she cursed out her mom every day mm -hmm. and she was just disrespectful to her entire family? How is she as a family member? So we measure success sometimes with just business. Yeah, absolutely. We're multidimensional people. We we deal with I spend more time with my kids and my and my family than I do with my business associates. So how disrespectful is it for someone to measure whether I'm a success based on my relationship with strangers? Right. It's, it's how my mom and my sisters yeah. and my my kids respect me and the people that care about me. That's measuring my level of success. How much confidence do they have in me? Not these strangers that know me from a podcast or they've done business with my business. If I die, they're not going to cry. Yeah. But those folks are going to cry. So I had better hope that they have something to cry about. Right. So I, I think sometimes we measure our success by with improper tools. It is it is right? so true. It is it is so true. It's got to be holistic. You're, you're absolutely right. Because like the say someone who has all the money in the world but has no health, right? They have they have the money but they can't buy health, right? And and they die mm -hmm. sick or, or something like that. So yes, I mean, or someone who's who's depressed. I mean, they have all the money by whatever monetary standards, but then they don't have the peace, right? They don't they don't have the joy because the family is all. Uh, dysfunctional, you know, kids are all, yeah. So, so that, that, that is so true. That So since we're, 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 I want us to stay on that a little bit and, and help add some perspective to what success really made, according to Ron's story. 
Well, I mean, success to me, I think, is defined by, well, I'll, I'll say overall, and I'll tell you my perspective, right? Um, so overall, I think everybody should define and set their own bar of what they want their ideal life to be, right? I knew that when I had an opportunity to get control over how I made money, where I lived, and who I spent time with, then I was successful in my eye, mm-hmm. right? Because I can control the money I make by just running my business. I can control where I live because I can afford to travel and go wherever, right? And then I can afford to work from home and spend time with my family, you know, do the things I want to do. So that was what I thought would make a successful household, right? So I think everybody has to define what that means. For me, if I do these three things, I think I'm okay. If I do the right thing, right, I love mercy. And I walk humbly. So it's do justice, love mercy, walk humbly. Mm-hmm. Those who are big Bible fans, they will know that is from um, Habakkuk, mm-hmm. right? And but that's it, you know. Do justice, love mercy, walk humbly. Mm-hmm. If you do those things, you'll be okay. I love that. So we talked about borrowing from um, other people's experience, and that's just one, right? I mean, we could talk about what what other. Um, mindset um ideologies do you think um ron um helps um makes makes one um successful yeah so another one i'll go back to the bible my background years ago i used to be a used to run one of the largest bible studies in the united states on a college campus and um and very simple write the vision make it plain we've heard that a thousand times right but they never yeah. say the extra part. I think the most important part is on the backside, right? Write the vision, make it plain, so that he who reads it can run with it. And run with it, yeah. Right? Which means you got to tell somebody about That's it. That's right. And you got to be open to the ridicule that somebody may poop on your dream. Mm. But you also are opening yourself up to the opportunity that you may run into somebody that can help you to get to that dream faster. Mm. Right? So... Most entrepreneurs, most people, if you ask them, what's your revenue goal for the year? What's your family goals for the year? What are any of your goals for the next 5, 10, 20 years? They don't know. They'll they'll say something different every single time because they don't have a true written plan on how they're going to get there, right? So they'll say, oh, yeah, I want to make a half million dollars this year. Okay, how many sales calls you need to do every day to get there? Mm. Well, well, what do you mean? As many as I can. No, that is not the answer. That is not the answer, right? There should be a certain number that you know, if I'm within this range during this time period, and I'll need this many salespeople in order to close this many deals, this is what our closing ratio needs to be. That's a plan, right? I can't wake up in the morning and say, I want to live in Colombia, but I refuse to look up plane tickets. I refuse to get on Airbnb to look for a place to live, so forth and so on. So the second part, after you started dreaming bigger, make an actual plan. Like write it, even if you never follow through on it, at least the practice of ironing it out. I'll guarantee you this is what's going to happen. You will find that it was easier than what you thought it was. If I would have known it was this easy to live abroad, in another country in my early 20s, I would have left then. <laughs> I would have, I, I wouldn't have waited until I was 35. I would have left at 22. 
right? But I didn't know. But I had to make a plan. I found one of my buddies who lived there. I came out, I visited. Someone was able to help me to expand that. But I had to be willing to say, hey, man, I got a passport. I've had it for eight years and I've never been anywhere. Yeah. Bring your butt on out here and come hang out. That, that was the difference. So first thing is get around people who can expand your vision by having a bigger vision already and sharing what they've experienced. The second thing, now make your plan. Once you've decided where you want to go, write your plan out and ask for help. I love that. And I think it goes to uh, writing smart goals, right? Specific, uh, specific, measurable, um, achievable, attainable, realistic in time, right? You got you to break it down. And I love, Ron, that you're approaching this from a, uh, a spiritual or biblical point of view because, you know, there are so many others who... You know, it's okay. Well, I believe it. It's going to happen, right? And they do nothing, right? It's it's they 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 leave that to 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 chance, right? Whatever happens, happens, right? But I love that there is some practicality that 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 you're attaching to this because I, I think that's really where a lot of um, faith people, I mean, miss it, right? I'm only drawing dwelling on that on that a little bit because you know that that happens to come about. But I think that is that is so true, and that's why so many people leave. Um, or live very frustrated lives because they they have all these dreams, they have all these plans, but they're not backing it up, right? Faith without works, right? That's that's why it's dead. So 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 true. I kind of love that. So yeah, I mean, here's the here's the other thing. I think um, people have faith, and they they get focused on the work, right? And they say, "Man, that's going to be hard," but they haven't actually itemized if it's going to be hard. Right. So the best thing you can have as a human being is constraints. And people say, well, what do you mean? No, the most financially successful people did it with a certain budget constraint on average. Right. They had some constraints in place that they had to operate within certain laws, certain businesses or for like certain things. There were constraints where they couldn't get outside of this box in order for this thing to work. Right. So if you if you're saying, hey, I only want to work five hours a week, right? But I still need my certain my certain amount of money per month. Mm-hmm. Set that constraint and then build on it. Because that's not unrealistic because if you happen to get in a car wreck and become disabled, you may be limited to only working five hours a week. Mm-hmm. There are people who have been in that situation that had to reduce their workload because of an unfortunate accident and they keep trucking. They don't stop. Because that constraint required them to think a bit differently about how they approach things. So have your dream and put some limits on it. Put some constraints. Put the details in. The details are the constraints. If you leave it open, then you have no accountability to getting there. An open dream is an unaccountable dream, which is an unrealized dream. Right? So a dream without accountability is a waste of time. So Put the constraints on it. Hey, this is all the money I got. Well, can I go to Columbia with a thousand dollars? I can get there. Probably can only stay a week. Mm. If I want to stay longer than a week, I probably should figure out. You see how once I put that constraint on it, it forces me to think about how do I get more to stay longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's the faith thing. We we're taught to have abundant faith in a in a in a world that is. determined by the law of physics and constraints. So you learn to use those constraints as levers to get 
a leverage and all these other things. The, the constraint is the, where the leverage is. Right. So I could go on about this all, all day because I think that that's the biggest mistake that I made. Oh, I can do anything. Not at five, six. I can't play in the NBA right now. Five, six and 44. I can't do all things. There are some constraints <laughs> and requirements that will eliminate me from that. Yeah. So that's I can. I, I'm sorry for the long rant. Yeah, well, this uh, is good. I want to take that away that put the constraints on it and then go forward. Make a plan with constraints. And you'll find out that it ain't that hard. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Now let's kind of switch gears a little bit, Darwin. Let's talk. Let's talk about what you do. You're the founder of the software company PitchDB, right? Is it? Do you still run that company? Yeah. Yep. Let's, let's, so, yeah. yeah. So PitchDB helps people to get booked on podcasts just like this one, right? So um, it's basically where if someone has a message that they want to share with the world, we will give them access to thousands of conferences if they're a speaker. Um, tens of thousands of media outlets if they want to be in the press and millions of podcasters if they want to hop on a podcast and just share their perspective, right? Years ago, the world was controlled by megaphones, NBC, CBS, ABC, Fox, right? Now the world is controlled by microphones. It's not, I don't need to be on Oprah to reach my people. That's true. Because if I go on Oprah, I'm going to get six minutes and I have to have a generic conversation that's not offensive, right? And usually not that helpful. It's just a highlight reel, right? That has to be appeasing to 5 million people. When I'm on a time with Fred, I can talk to people just like Fred. That's right. The people that like Fred will like Ron, Yeah. right? Because you've already used your judgment in determining if I would be a great fit that's for right. your audience, right? So now I can get into more details Knowing that, you know, knowing what you believe, I can talk about the Bible yes. things, right? I can dig into that bag because I know that that's acceptable with your audience. Right, right, right. right? So in the past, we had to water down our, our messages and hope that someone would put us on one of those five stations. The three million podcasts, your audience is out there. Your audience is out there waiting on you to show up. Right. So if you're listening to this and you want to be on more podcasts, PitchDB is an easy way to do it. You can hop in and send an email and say, hey, are you looking for interesting guests? Ron, I, uh, this is where really I want to uh, kind of give give that platform that, that there's someone listening right now for sure. Um, you know, uh, may, maybe starting off, uh, you know, was rough and maybe they have some of those constraints. Um you know, maybe, maybe they have other people's experiences and, and not sure exactly what, what to do with them. Maybe, maybe they're in the, in that comfort zone and 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 wants and want to be a little bit ambitious. There's so many people who may be in different parts um, or, or different life journeys. But I want you to speak, maybe pick one of those people and, and speak to them. Maybe they're like, wow, you know, maybe I want to experience life abroad. Maybe I'm not even sure how to start. I, I don't even have a passport to even start off with, but I have a dream and I have a goal. And uh, I have the faith and all of that, but I'm not even sure where to start. Yep. The, the first thing I would do is I would go to lunch by myself. This is what I do, right? I go to lunch, I take a notebook, and I just write out things that I would love to do, right? Nobody's there with me. Nobody's judging me. It's just me. What are my dreams? And I write those things out, right? And then I look at the list and I'm like, yeah, that's silly. This is silly. This is silly. Okay. These are the most important ones. So then I'll rank 
what which of those 20 things I may write out are the rank them in order of importance, right? And then what I find is that a lot of them are intertwined in between each other, mm. right? So I can do this and then I can intertwine it with that, right? So that's where I would start because there's no judgment in between you and that pad and pencil, right? And once you've written out those things, Decide, is it worth it? Are you willing to pay the price to be able to do that, right? Are you willing to be a little bit uncomfortable? It was really difficult for me to leave the U.S. because I didn't speak Spanish when I first moved to Honduras, right? So when I was like, yo, I want to do some traveling, the first place I chose because I had a fear was to go to Honduras. At the time, San Pedro Sula, Honduras was the most dangerous non-war zone on earth. But I figured if I go there and I don't die, I can go anywhere because I've already faced the worst place. Every place after I leave here will be better. Hmm. Right. So get over, learn. You'll What you'll see is you'll start to get over those fears and you'll start to make a plan for how you want to address those fears, because that's the price that it's going to take. If you say, hey, I would love to go to all seven continents. Hop on Kiwi.com and they, they'll show you. If you pick all seven continents, they'll tell you what you can buy one ticket and it'll take you so many days to go to all seven continents, including Antarctica. They'll even include that one on there, right? So that's where I would start, right? I would, I would do that. I would get by myself, write down what my goals are, rank them in order, right? Decide if I'm willing to pay the price. And if I am, for those that are most important to me, then start to write out that plan. How would I do it? Let me Google it. How would I do this? Everybody likes chat GPT nowadays to hop into chat GTP and say, hey, how would I do this? What's the easiest way to learn Spanish or to learn another language? You can YouTube University is free, right? I tried taking Spanish classes at a university. Didn't work. YouTube worked. Right. I could hop on YouTube and listen to it while I was doing anything. So um, that's why I would start. I know that's a long thing, but it's really three steps. Get by yourself where there's no judgment. Right. Write down what you want to do and then rank and decide if it's worth it. That's all you got to do. The key thing that for me, which resonates uh, around very deeply is, is are you willing to pay the price, right? Because you, you can write it all down, you can do all that. And and everything has a price to pay. When you decided to go to Honduras, a price to pay was to risk living in a country, right? That, you know, was was deemed dangerous. There was a price there, right? It, it, the peace of mind for you to even, okay, I'm going to do this, right? The risks involved. There was a price that you had to pay. So I think it's key. We want our dreams. We want to pursue them. But are we willing to put in the work? Are we willing to pay the price? And that is really what resonates with me. Yeah, we're going to die anyway, right? You know, I got to, here's how important. See, and this is the bad part that people kind of, my friends like, man, why do you always say that? Because I just have to deal with it, right? Most people who are listening to this. Can you tell me the name of the brother or sister of your great, great grandmother. That person was alive less than a hundred years ago. And they don't even exist to us. We don't even know their names, right? I went to my, when I was back in St. Louis a couple of weeks ago, I went to my aunt's funeral who was 99. I had no clue that she had 12 brothers and sisters. All I knew was her and my grandma. 
<laughs> I had no, no clue there were 10 other ones. Holy crap, blew my mind, right? So, but these people were alive when I was alive, right? At least they were alive in the last 100 years, I know for sure. So with that being said, sometimes we put too much pressure on ourselves about making mistakes in judgment. But in reality, most people don't care, right? You know, what's the old saying? Um, uh, those people that matter don't care. And those that, those, those people that matter. care don't matter, yeah. right? Yeah, it's like, dude, in the long run, this is my life. I got one shot at it. If it works, cool, there's no judgment. If it doesn't work, cool, there's no judgment because those people got their own problems in their life. This is going to be like, oh, yeah, he moved in. They're, they're going to be impressed. Do you hear me? When I tell people I went to Honduras, they were like, oh, man, I bet it was beautiful down there. They had no context of how crazy Honduras was. <laughs> but in their mind, since they had, I was the first person in my family with a passport. In their mind, they thought I was going to the most beautiful place on earth. But if I would have told my mom I was going to the most dangerous place in order to get over my fear, she would have tried to talk me out of it. Right? So those constraints, being able to dream with constraints, maybe you can't share it with everybody, right? Being able to write your plan with constraints. Maybe you don't have all the money that some people have. Maybe you can't stay in a country all year and live there. Maybe you can only, I need to figure out how I can travel for three months out of the year. Put those constraints in it and do it. You're going to die anyway. That's, the, that's the, the, the great part. It ain't the sad part. The great part is that you're going to die and ain't nobody going to remember, which is beautiful. I think that is a happy thing. Like it gives me the freedom to live without any judgment because my grandkids, people ask me, so, man, do you want to leave something to your, your grandkids? No, I want to leave something to my kids. It's their responsibility to leave something to their kids. Well, their kids, yeah. Got to leave something to somebody that may never beat me. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, man, the Bible says, good man lives on inheritance, right, for his children, his children's children, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to leave it to my kids, and it's up to them. Hopefully, I gave them some knowledge yeah. where they can preserve it to pass something on to That's their kids. Yeah. But, wow. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming to the podcast and sharing these powerful nuggets. I've gotten a lot out of it. Um, you've definitely given something to think about. Um, making the plan with constraints and uh, I think that really resonated um, and, and also be willing to, to put in the prize, pay the prize and, and, and put in the work, right? So I, 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 this has been great and I trust that our audience have gotten gotten something great as well out of this. This is why we do what we do. Um, so thank you again, Ron, for, for coming on and uh, sharing you know your, your life experience here too. Uh, wishing you many, many happy days and experiences and, 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 cool. and beyond as you continue to explore um, experience the world and also uh, impact lives and to your audience really for tuning in listeners for tuning in and uh, being a part of this we really really appreciate you um, for sticking with us all as well until next time we'll come your way with another edition thanks again and uh, stay well thank you